Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, April the 6th, 2023, and we are reading from the big book, continuing our study in the chapter Into Action, on page 73, the first paragraph, more people than most ending in, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Janice S., 12 Traditions, Deb M., and readers of the text, Martha Z., Katie G., and Vanita P. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, April the 5th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 20125. And the 10 a.m. meeting is 20126. OA Preamble. O Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. This is Janice S. from Tennessee. I'm compulsive overeater recovered for right now. Step number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening, awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
thank you for the opportunity to do so. Thank you, Janice S. And Deborah M. will read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Deborah. Good morning, Deborah M., compulsive overeater recovering in Baltimore. <clears throat> the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter into action on page 73. The first paragraph, more people than most, ending with, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. Martha Zed, could you get us started, please? Good morning, Lynn. 
This is Martha Z. I'm a compulsive overeater, uh, recovered by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He's very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, yeah, I can I I can so relate to the double life part and being the actor and I'm not even sure how to explain this, but as a child I really felt like everything I did, I kind of felt like everybody was watching and I, I was watching myself as I was doing it. And I, I just think that's the most bizarre thing, but that's what I remember. And I I guess it's not strange. My family's main rule was it really matters what it looks like. So we were, you know, we were always quiet in the house. We were not getting angry, yelling, screaming, any of that stuff. And I had these next-door neighbors, and they were Italian, and they they had these twin girls. And, and I loved listening to them because they just were able to be themselves, and they were just yelling and doing what they were doing and so anyway um so i myself had a very good all together act i you know i looked like i had it all together and was shattering in a million pieces inside so um i just i want to just tell a quick story um recovery has really helped me to become my more authentic self or to even figure out what that would look like so Several years ago, when when we were having our convention in Virginia Beach, my husband says to me, I, I think I'd like to go. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know. So ahead of time, I say to him, well, what would you say to them when they ask me what I'm really like? And he said, what you see is what you get. And I was so so touched because from somebody who came from, you know, like, putting on this act and I don't know I just coming from the person that I love that I live with I was really overtaken so that that really is my true what I'm trying to do that I'm the same person on this line that I am out there whether I'm at the food store or the gym or wherever I am whoever I meet so anyway I'm I'm so happy to be with all of you and um, thank you for letting me share Thank you for getting us started, Martha Z. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Lisa B. Linda D. Mary Ann D. Okay, let me tell you who I did hear, and then we'll go from there. I heard Lisa B. I heard Lynn, I think, somebody. I heard a Patty, and I heard Mary Ann. So can you help me out, please? Did I hear a Lynn? Linda D. Linda D. Okay. Did I hear a Patty? 
Janice here. Patio. Patio. Okay, this is our lineup. We have Lisa B, Linda D, Patty O, Marianne, Rick G, sorry, Rick J, and did I hear a Janice or a Jane? Janice S. Janice S. Perfect. There we go. Okay. Lisa B., could you start us off, please, followed by Linda D. Good morning, Lisa. Oh, good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and I spell my name L-E-S-A, and I really felt led to share on this paragraph because this is something that today as a recovered person, you know, I can deal with and it's motivated by pride and perfectionism and fear and relying on other people instead of God you know my impression to others sometimes even my impression to others is more important than the other person and their experience than God it's it's something that you know I can be driven by and worship and this is something that I've learned over time in prayer and meditation through step tens and through knots in my stomach and wondering why do I have this anxiety? Why am I restless, irritable, and discontented? Why am I frustrated? Thank God still with neutrality with the food. But you know what? If I ignored this, eventually I am convinced that neutrality would leave and it's I would be driven to the food to try and get comfort. But it can start with the smallest thing, looking at myself and comparing how I look to others or how I sound to others, and then starting to think about what are they thinking about me? And I start, I'm getting into self. And, you know, that's the root of my problem. That's where my disease is. My role today, really, when I think about the third step, is really to bring glory to God in this way of life so that I can share this way of life to others and be what God would have me be. And it's like I'm becoming God. I'm becoming this big idol that I'm worshiping and I'm thinking other people are interested in. And it's just horrible. So thank God that God is more powerful than that. And that that is all about my compulsive overeating. Those are the things that drove me. Um, So I continue, you know, on in this path, but I'm so glad I had the opportunity to share it because maybe it helps someone else, and it, it's something that I can still deal with. And I have to just uh, step back, be less important, look to be service to others, ask God to drive me, and what would God have me be? And gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Thereby the grace of God go I. So thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Patty O. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. So grateful to be recovered, but not cured, in Connecticut. Aziz in Pesach to my Jewish friends, and uh, happy Easter to my Christian friends, and happy spring to everybody. Isn't it something, huh? Spring. Did you ever think it would come? It's 28 degrees here. But anyway, it's early spring. I think the thing that jumps out at me is, gee, I'm glad you can't see me right now where I am. I look like you know what, um, but I don't feel like you know what. I love my life, and it has plenty of problems, 
and it has plenty of solutions because I have a major disease. I'm a, I'm an addict and um, a compulsive eater, and um, I know I'm recovered by grace. Now, I didn't know God was even real, so that's like major. It's so spectacular when God shows up, whether it's incrementally or the big white light stuff. I've had both. They're amazing, but not but, but it. It depends on me surrendering every minute to this inner force. It's within me. Can you imagine that? It's it's stunning. It's amazing to find this force within. And uh, as the previous person shared, there was sometime a battle going on between, I have an opinion here, God, Yes, I do. And God going, uh, 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 uh. This is about love. And love is a discipline. I learned how to do it here with you and through you. And most of all, with God. It's an amazing journey here. Please join in. It, it beats anything I've ever seen. It's, it's very spectacular. Gradually. Gradually, be patient. I have to ask for patience all the time. It's so damn hard to be human sometimes. It really is, but so worthwhile. What a show. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Patio, you're next, followed up with Marianne. Welcome, Patio. Good morning, everybody. My name is Patty O, and I live in Florida. I am a compulsive overeater, and um, it's, it's I'm still very frightened to share. I can't keep my thoughts in order, but I so identified with this actor part. Um, if there's anything that addiction has done for me in my life, it's helped me to be a better actor. Um, I... I'm sober in AA, and I'm about 45 days um, abstinent in with vision. And, you know, when I put down the substance, um, I have to and, and try to implement these steps in my life. It's all to become, he, helping me become who I really am. When I got sober, and I stopped drinking, I did not know who I was. I had for so long pretended to be whoever you needed me to be, whoever I thought you wanted me to be. So much to the point and detriment of relationships that I married two men pretending to be somebody I was not. And it's really not such a surprise that neither of those relationships for fruit. I, you know, so I am really trying to be genuinely who I am, what I believe God would have me be. And that means sometimes people are not going to like me. You know, they're not going to seek my company. But that's okay. It, that I have to be okay with that. 
because it's so important for a true relationship, you know, an honest, true relationship, any relationship to to be who I am, to bring to the table who I really am. It's like going to a doctor sick and then lying about why you're sick or what you're doing to contribute to the sickness. I, it's so fruitless. And, um, yeah, I, 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 and I, for me, what helps me be genuine is a trust in my higher power. I, I trust him and then I'm real. And, you know, I don't really trust you guys. I, I don't trust people. And I think God will help me with that. Um, because really, you know, I've been to marriage counselors, therapists, you know, all kinds of crazy Time, things. please. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Patty O. Marianne, it's your turn, followed by Rick J. Please go ahead, Marianne, and can you tell us the initial of your last name? Did I hear a Marianne? Okay, Rick J, could nope, you go I'm ahead? So sorry, I was in the I was in mute hell. Okay, welcome, Marianne. I, I'm so sorry. I thought I was unmuted, this freaking phone. Good morning. My name is Marianne Diaz and Dog. I live in Connecticut, and I've been a lurker on the meetings for about 15 months. It's probably the first time I've spoken, but I have reached out to so many of you, and everyone is helping me. What strikes me in the paragraph today is the stage character that I am. I've been struggling with the stage character because um, – I'm I'm doing very well in recovery, building my relationship with my higher power and really tuning in um, to the relationship between me and God and who God would have me be and, and dialing down the other things, the distractions in my life and being willing to pray and meditate and let go. And it's wonderful. It's fruitful. It's peaceful. It's delightful. It's like nothing I ever experienced. But three days a week, I put on a uniform and I have to go to work. And uh, my uniform is really more like, frankly, it's more like armor. Uh, I put it on and I just become someone that you react to a different way, speak to a different way, interact with another way. Um, And I'm fine. I'm a nurse. I'm fine when I'm with my patients. Um, uh, and it's with with my colleagues that I'm suffering, and it's really suffering. Don't get me wrong, I'm suffering. I'm on a roller coaster in my head inside a tornado um, on a cruise ship that's in um, a, a tsunami, and I can hardly keep my thoughts off of other people's business. And the fact is, just like it says here, I want to enjoy a certain reputation. And in my heart, I, don't, I know I don't deserve it. In my heart, you know, I want to be perfect. I want to always know the answer. I want to be able to save the life. I want to be able to be the resource. I want to be respected for all that and for my knowledge and everything I bring to the table here. And um, that doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. 
And um, let's complicate it further by saying, I'm not really interested in your TikTok videos, and I'm not really interested in your wedding plans, and I'm not really interested in your recipes. And every time I do that, I put a brick, a big brick between you and me, you being my colleagues. And I put one brick, two bricks, three bricks, and then I say, gee, why do I feel so isolated? I am really struggling with this part, the difference, the dichotomy between who I really am and who I think I want to be when I'm presenting to the outside world. And I'll take your prayers. If I text you, please text me back because I really rely on you guys to get me through my work day. Thank you, God, that you are saving my life and changing my life and redirecting my life and my thoughts and my actions one day at a time. I pass. Thank you, Marianne D. Rick J., you're up, followed by Janice S. Good morning, Rick. Hey, thanks so much for your service. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in North Carolina. And, wow, you know, this this uh, need to lead a double life, you know, to present to the outer world this stage character, the one that I want you to see, you know, what I don't want you to see is, is how broken I am on the inside. And, you know, and all I want to do is just live in this world, you know, among other people. But I never had a clue really how to connect, how to truly be me. And I was never enough, you know, and that's part of like the spiritual malady and this, you know, like not only do I have an obsession of the mind and a physical allergy, you know, I have this root core of selfishness and self-centeredness. You know, I'm trying frantically to create this world that looks good to you. And, you know, I, I had this big bag of masks that I would put on, you know, any mask that I felt fit the, the person that I was with. And it wasn't just that I led a double life. I, I led as many lives as there were people in my life. You know, I could be a different person to different people and you know and it takes up so much energy to do that and there's absolutely no way I can have a meaningful relationship a true connection with a power greater than myself you know and I'm as sick as my secrets and if I do not reveal this inner life this hidden life um, certainly to myself and to God but it's to another human being to where I'm actually accountable. I'm I'm face to face. I'm letting another human being see me as a human being. And the power in that of telling someone my my life story did create the humility and the fearlessness and the honesty that I needed to open myself up to a new world. I let my old world go. I let my old self go. And you know what a beautiful way to to conclude a, a personal inventory is just letting someone else see that. And even though it might be, you know, more in outline form on my fourth step, you know, I could go for me, I went as deep as I needed to go to make sure that nothing was left out because I don't want to go forward in a life where I need a power greater than myself to solve my problem, to hold anything back because I'm the one who wants to recover. I am the one who wants to change. I can let it go. 
I can just simply set it aside and I can reveal my true self to you. And when I do that, then I am truly free. I am truly free and I still have a long way to go as we go through the steps and I maintain this this, uh, spiritual program of action on a daily basis. But thank you so much for uh, being there, everybody, without a pass. Thank you, Rick J. Janice S., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Janice. Good morning. This is Janice. Ask like uh, surrender from Tennessee, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, this morning, as we read this paragraph, it just took me back to when I originally came to a vision for you. Um, I, I, I had the exact same feeling when I first started listening to your voices and hearing your stories, and I remember the person that felt the feelings of this actor, this person that I portrayed on the outside. And what what I remember feeling that first time that I listened to your voices was that loneliness, that sadness of that actress that was living one way on the outside but feeling completely different on the inside. You know, I today because of of the work and the spiritual connection, I I I do believe that I no longer live as that I don't live the double life anymore. Uh, I, it takes work, and sometimes I have to remind myself. Um, oftentimes I have to remind myself, or, or I have to pray to God to remind me that I do deserve, you know, I do, I do deserve this life that he has given me. I, You know, the disease that I have beat me up all the time. You know, it beat me up and made me think that I was less than, that that it was my fault, that that I, I you know, that I was stupid, I was dumb, I couldn't handle it, you know, but I've learned. And I guess just what I want to say is, especially if you're new to the year or you're new to learning about the disease, it, keep coming back, keep listening, keep, keep reading the book. Keep moving forward. Do not give up. Don't stop. If you fall down, dust yourself off and get back up. Because my life has changed more than I could have ever even imagined. I couldn't have, I could not have foreseen the changes that have happened to me. So I just wanted to share that, that, that feeling with you this morning. And I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much. Have a great day. With that, I pass. Thank you, Janice S. For those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we're on page 73 in the chapter Into Action, the first paragraph, more people than most, and we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. 
Who would like to share? Shannon Christina, 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 Christina J. Amy G. Nancy R. Okay, I'll stop here and I'll tell you who I've got. I heard Christina, Amy G. and Nancy R. And there were a number of people ahead of them. So who were you, please? Katie G. Barbara G. Okay, was that Barbara G or D? G is in go. G is in go. Thank you. Okay, so we have Christina J, Amy G, Nancy R, Katie G, Barbara G. Is there one more? Donna nope. S. Oh, there we go. Gotcha. All right. Thank you, everybody. Christina J, you're going to be first, followed by Amy G. Please go ahead, Christina. Good morning, everyone. Christina J from North Carolina. Grateful to be on the line this morning. Double life. Man, that really, and, and wearing a face that uh, was felt false and all that, I never understood that. I never could get it because I always felt like, you know, I knew what I was going to do in the world and go out there and do it and uh, I tell you the double, the double life for me, the falseness was two things. One is that the first thing is is that for most of my career life, the career run that I had in this music business that I chose specifically because I was overweight, because I started out in a different genre, but because that genre would not accept. Uh, overweight people, I thought, oh, I could do this other one, and, and I could do that forever till I die, and I can be accepted because they accept people like that. So that was kind of false to choose that, but that's what I did. And then uh, I walked around in my fat clothes, horribly ashamed all the time, and it made me get on stage and sing like an MF. I mean, I sang hard because I was going to get your attention beyond the fat because you couldn't realize that I was messed up inside and lonely and scared and that you wouldn't accept me and all this. So I put on this front, this aggressive front. And it was powerful and it was great, you know, and I got compared to some of the greatest singers of all time and all this stuff. But the second most important thing I've realized, the double life for me is I was living a life God didn't want me to live acting in a life God didn't want me to have. I wasn't surrendered to God's will. Sure, I, I, I have some musical talent. I write, I perform and all that, but I wasn't living it the way God wants me to live it. He may never want me to live it again. I don't know. Uh, but the important thing is that I've learned today a most important thing, which I did not understand until this last relapse that I was going through, I didn't really realize what it meant to surrender, put up the white flag, to stop the fight. I fought every day with the food, white knuckling, trying to put it down, trying to put it down, trying to put, I can't fight the food. And it all starts, of course, with the first bite. I realized that part, but I didn't realize that I didn't have to put on my boxing gloves every day and go out and beat the thing to death because I can't do it. It always tells me I can. You can get back in the ring with me. You can do it. You can have this bite today and tomorrow you can start blah, 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 blah. 
it's just full of lies. But the, the game is to become aware of those things, the obsession of the mind, those thoughts that take us down. It's a very simple thing, and it's so beautiful to say, oh, I give up, God. Please take it. Take the wheel, Jesus, as one song talks about. These thoughts over here. I can go over to the soft, warm love on this other side. I don't have one more thing I'll say is I don't have to mentality that goes on telling me I'm this or that or the other thing. I can surrender all that to God as well. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. Amy G, it's your turn, followed by Nancy R. Welcome, Amy. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. So it's no surprise all of us are saying here that we relate to this leading to a double life. I mean, I, I, my humble opinion, I don't know many of us that have not felt that in, in active addiction with the food because this disease is isolative in nature. And this whole idea of a double life, I mean, I, I, I don't think you can get more of a double life than the bulimic that I was because I was willing to sacrifice uh, on the altar of the belief that thin is well and that you define how I feel because of how I look. And so I was willing to destroy myself in private by sticking my finger down my throat so that I could still have my fix and have you tell me that I'm okay because, quote, thin as well. I mean, that double life, I, I had a belief. I had these, you know, in the chapter How It Works, we read about it, was, you know, we had to let go of these old beliefs. You know, I had a belief that the world defined me, that power, money, popularity, prestige were the defining characteristics. And in an effort to live in my selfless self, self-obsessed and self-willed life and trying to achieve these goals that I believed would make me feel okay, I led a double life because I couldn't do it. I couldn't lead that life. And I had to have a crutch to do it. And food was that crutch. You know, mental obsession. I had it in spades. And then I would eat my allergic substances and I would be off to the races. So to me, it was like a Grand Canyon in between what I presented to the world and what I was doing to myself in private and how I felt about myself. But he knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. I certainly did not feel like I deserved anything because of what I was doing to myself with the food. And yet I come to this program, this beautiful, wonderful, transformative program And I start to realize that, one, I'm not alone in that living of a double life. And two, I'm as thick as my secrets. And through the process of the inventory steps, I find find out what was really making me tick. And through the process of that fifth step and then making amends, my insides start to match my outsides. What an incredible, miraculous thing. You know, I thought the best thing and the most awesome thing in the world would be to have the food not call anymore. And that is miraculous in and of itself that this program and my higher power, whom I choose to call God, have given me. But more than that is a way to have my insides match my outsides. I love it what someone was sharing earlier, is that what you get, what you see is what you get. I mean, how beautiful is that? And that's what I try to be today through God's grace in these 12 steps. I try to be who I am on the inside and on the outside. I don't do that perfectly, not by any way, shape, or form. 
But now I have an instruction manual through these 12 steps that I have options and choices to respond to life in a different way. And my beliefs have changed as well. I'm, my belief, thanks, I'll wrap by saying my belief now is to love God and serve others. How can I be of service, God? Thy will, not mine, be done. What an incredible change. And that's only through this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Nancy R., it's your turn, followed by Katie G. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. It's Nancy R. from Northwest Illinois. I'm uh, recovered, thankfully recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I, uh, I'm not actually really sure what, what I want to say about this paragraph. I just felt uh, led to... Um, claim my seat this morning and uh, participate in this sharing. Um, I'm really glad to be on the fifth step and um, thinking that this paragraph is here because it relates to the fifth step and is leading up to um, where we, where I finally let someone see um, the real me, um, the you know, I, I think of myself as like uh, when this disease, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, so that's a part of my double life. Um, I'm certainly, I, I certainly love to um, present my stage character to the outer world. And I, you know, sometimes still do that. And that's why I need to keep working these steps and, um, you know, do my, uh, tenth step every day, which is or as needed throughout the day, um, as a tenth step is, you know, four through uh, four through nine, and um, so I like enjoying a certain reputation, and um, I also, you know, what I like even more is that letting people in my life know who I am. And that's what I get uh, through working this fifth step and uh, through showing up in my relationships as the real me. Um, there's an intimacy there that uh, I don't have when I am uh, presenting my stage character. And, uh, you know, I, I don't share that with everyone, um, but I do try and be the, my authentic self with everyone. Um, so that's what I have. Thanks. Bye. And thank you, Nancy R. Next, we have Katie G, followed by Barbara G. Please go ahead, Good Katie. <clears throat> Sorry, Lynn. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater. You know, um, as as many of you know, um, I think the hardest well, I've just spent my whole life trying to be somebody that you would want me to be, right? I'm a please love me aholic. Like, I just, I, I spend money on things I uh, don't need, money I don't have to make people, other people happy. Because I have this, like, hole in my soul, right? And um, thank God, thank God that there is a great God that is a redeemer and that um, forgives me even when I don't deserve it. And, um, you know, last year at this time, the, the worst thing that was happening to me is I was sharing on this meeting and I was losing weight and I was lying about exercise bulimia and there's no such hell and forgive my language. I do mean hell. there's, there's no worse hell 
than thinking I'm getting away with a compulsive behavior or a lick or a bite or a taste and thinking that that is my special thing and then claiming to be someone, capital S, in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. It is absolutely a nightmare, you know, that my closest friends would ask me about my exercise and I would be defensive, you know. I wouldn't tell them about the app that I had on my phone that was tracking my weight. I wouldn't tell them about the hours I was spending um, exercising and I had everybody's like, okay, you know, I had the dietitian, okay, right? Um, Today I get to be KDG. Um, I get to be somebody that um, I want to be God's girl. I want to be kind, patient, understanding, and loving. And um, and there are going to be people that like me and people that don't, but the person, the entity that I need to be sure that I'm in congruence with 100% of the time, which means 100% honesty all the time, is God. God's voice is very quiet. You know, God's voice is share or don't share or do this or do that. I know that, you know, when I'm trying to arrange the lights, the scenery, and the valet and push decisions and um, and try and prove my value and worth um, in a situation, I end up so empty. You know, and there, you know, thank God I, I've been rescued. I, I, um, I had food added to my plan, which which may sound like a really exciting thing if you're a compulsive overeater. Um, but for someone like me, I didn't, I wasn't too thrilled, but I'm going to tell you I'm recovered today. I'll tell you what I'm recovered from. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what happens to my body. This body is meant to serve God and serve God's kids. So if it needs more food, it needs more food. It's out of my, it's out of my hands. And thanks be to God, you are in the right place. If you want to stop worshiping outside and feel like one of God's kids, you're in the right place. Keep moving forward with the steps and most importantly, be honest. Because being dishonest just puts that sign on my whole entity that says, God, do not enter. Thanks, Lynn. And um, I'm so grateful to trudge with all of you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Barbara G., it's your turn, followed by Donna S. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you very much for your service, and uh, good morning, everyone. I am uh, very grateful to have the chance to share this morning. I may sound a little bit repetitive, but I hope it be of help to someone, and it will certainly be of help to myself. Uh, my experience uh, in regards to this paragraph, uh, um, the double life made me think of, first, my upbringing, I grew up in a family where, as far as the neighbors didn't hear, we could shout at each other, uh, insult each other, and beat each other. It didn't matter as far as nobody heard. And that affected me and the look I had onto myself enormously because others were God. Others were what I had to please and what I had to really build up an appearance for. And that's the one thing. And then, as a bulimic compulsive overeater, uh, I think that that act of uh, hiding myself from uh, everybody uh, during my binging and purging really affected my imposter syndrome big, big time. I was able to conceal my compulsive overeating, uh, and I really, when nobody really knew, my best friends, my family, until 
until I came to OA and I was 22 years old. And so through my adolescence and the early 20s, nobody knew. And so there again, it didn't matter what I lived inside. It didn't matter that I spent my nights staying up, calculating calories, uh, crafting diets, uh, and uh, purging to death. It didn't matter what count it was that others didn't know. So with this such a gap, with such a background, what I see at my path, arriving to the 12 steps and sitting down at a table with someone else and finally telling someone everything I had hidden uh, is the, the most powerful liberating act that I that God could gift me of, and uh, and then I also wanted to share that uh, of course now recovery is uh, my first priority. Things are changing. I am transforming, but I'm not cured. And I found myself uh, a couple of weeks ago in a business meeting putting up uh, an appearance that doesn't correspond to who I am. I wanted to show up that I wanted to show off that I was someone I was not. And God, that didn't feel good at all. And I am so grateful that I am no longer... Thank you. I'll wrap up that for me, the greatest thing is today to feel very bad when I am not myself. And uh, I have to thank you all to take me hand in hand and walk this path. Thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you, Barbara G. Donna S., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Donna? Hi, I'm, hi, I'm Donna S. in South Florida. Oh, thank you all so much for your um, shares, and thank you for your service. Wow. Um, you know, I can totally relate to this uh, paragraph. There's um, something in my life. I'm, I'm a salesperson, and um, I have a friend. She, she's, she's gone now. She wasn't in program. But I believe she was one of us. She believes she was one of us, but she never came to program. But when we used to go on appointments, or when she went on appointments, and I still do it today with my husband, we used to say, showtime. Showtime. My husband and I still say that when we go on appointment, because we have to put on a different face. We We have to be dressed. We have to have the right car. We have to have it together. And, um, you know, and it's all about the client. It's not about us. We can show, we can show um, ourselves to be caring and, and loving and really concerned about the client. But this is, this, is, this, is what, this is how we have to act. We have to do. We have to show a good front. And I believe, you know, we're, um, I have a lot of competition in my job, lots of competition. I won't say what it is, but it's very competitive. And there's other people in my um, area that are competitive with me too. And we butt heads. We butted heads. I had to do um, one of my um, amends to this person because we butted heads so so bad. Um, I felt like a tattletale. And, you know, just showing that different side of me and always having to look good and still not feeling that I looked good. When I looked in the mirror, I felt like I was a fat so. But I tried to make myself look good. My hair was done. My nails were done. Every, my clothes were all nice. 
but to me, did I look good? No, I didn't look good. And um, the amends I had to make to this person was miraculous. I was taking my morning walk, and this person was on my morning walk. Never. I've lived in my home for 23 years. Has this person ever been on my morning walk? And I ha- and that was my chance that my God gave me the chance to make an amends to this person for being a tattletale, being just button heads, real hard button head salesperson, kind of like me- so mean to each other. And um, now when I see this person, there's nothing. You know, I don't feel any of that. I can call them up on the phone after the making amends and saying, oh, are you doing this today? With your, you know, we can, we can have a rapport, you know, like a business rapport. But that's because of this program. I would have never made amends to this person. I would have brought heads with him for the next my life. Thank you. Thank you all for letting me share. Thank you, Donna S. We have time for one more share. Who would like that time, please? It's Tracy. Susan Tracy, please go ahead. And what's the initial of your last name? G from North Carolina. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, gratefully recover, compulsive overeater. Huh. I read this paragraph and I thought, double life? What life? Uh, life at times, well, it just didn't feel like I was living. And why was that? Because my disease of selfishness, pride, ego, it manifested into the addictions of alcohol and even more so food. And I was taught um, not to feel, not to think, not to be, not to know. Just play the puppet. Do what others want. Keep your mouth shut. Aim to look perfect on the outside and nobody's going to know the real truth. Well, how did that work? (laughs) It was a joke. It was a lie from the enemy. And this recovery journey is definitely a spiritual one for me. Let go of myself. I can put down the food. I can look to God. I can work the steps. And I recognize today that I can pick up faith in the presence and power of God, that he's loving and he's gentle and he's kind. And the shocking thing of it all is he calls me his. I can believe not in myself. Nope, that didn't work. I can believe that I can let go of the depression and the hopelessness. And I can look to God, do for me what I can't do for myself. I'm so grateful for this program because it shows me how to live and how to process and work through the steps. And I can have a healthy, balanced, whole food plan. And I can try to live that way too in the hope of Jesus Christ because he's my best friend. He's always with me. What assurance and peace that that brings keep coming back. It's worth it. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Tracy G. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to our terrific team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, April 6th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 20128. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Katie G., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestible. Here's England, Katie G., A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that I know about God. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us to abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. I'm so sorry. And you'll surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.